1: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Haefeli to talk to you about, well, I guess a couple of different draft things out there, both expansion and standard entry draft. Overall, the Avs are... You know, it, it, these things are becoming less and less of a factor. I think in the Avs' future, and more of a, you end up where you end up in the entry draft, and you are gonna lose a guy in the expansion draft, just like everybody else. Pretty straightforward, I think. There's not a whole lot of complicated factors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for for the Avalanche, it's just. The Eric Johnson question mark?
1: Yeah, that's. I don't even consider that a question mark. Honestly, I, I mean, I think it has to be a question mark
0: uh, because he is. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to buy out injured players without their permission. Sure, and they need. They need. His from they basically need his go ahead to do that. If he's not healthy, they can't. They can't just, you know, like they can't just cut him loose. No, I get it. If he was healthy, they could just. They could give him. They have all the leverage. They say buy, buy him. We're gonna buy you out, or you're gonna waive your no movement clause. But if if he's hurt, he can he has a little bit of power here. He can just say no. And then Colorado is going to be in trouble because then Taves is unprotected.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an issue there, but at the same coin, if he is hurt, there's no reason for him not to wave.
0: I mean, I think between, between financial incentives, uh, I mean, there's the financial incentive alone. Right. Is is enough for him to not wave it. So I think that he is there's 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 you know, and he probably doesn't want to go anywhere.
1: I'm sure he doesn't, yeah.
0: So I think at this point, like it, it makes the most sense for him to wave and to work with it. It makes no sense for Seattle to target him at all. Yep. Agreed. So uh they you know. But this, this remains easy to me. They ask him to wave. He says, sure. Yep. And then, you know, we go from there.
1: And then you protect Taves and your defense is easy if he waves. Yes, yeah, exactly. So. So that, that side of it's easy, the forward side, you're really only talking about the sixth and seventh spots. Well, I are,
0: so let's let's talk about the forwards because I think there's a couple of easy spots here. Right, I, there's there are three easy spots.
1: Those, I mean,
0: yeah, I, those three are a joke. <laughs> okay. Let's 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 say there are probably five easy spots. It's wrong, your your Kog, McKinnon, Rantan, and Kadri, and Burakovsky. Yep. Now Landis Kog is a pending UFA; doesn't necessarily have to be protected, but not protecting him. They why, can, why leave the door open. Exactly. That it just opens it up. Saad as a pending UFA, you don't protect. Yep. Because you you do take that chance. You're not you're you're totally if they take him, you live with it.
1: There's a very real possibility that you lose him anyway. So yeah.
0: So that's whatever. Like if they take him, that's you're almost kind of laughing about it because you're just like, all right, well, they get a good player. But that's a guy that we were not going to be able to bring back anyways, so this is fine. Yep. Exactly and then right. that gives you that gives you two spots to protect, two more
1: forward spots to protect. Out of Donskoy, Nachushkin, Jost, and Comfer are your yep. realistic options to go yeah. into those two spots.
0: Because you're not you're you're not protecting Logan O'Connor. Right. You're just not like. If Seattle takes Logan O'Connor. You're fine with it. Like you, you, you're sad that you're losing out on a guy who would be an, 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 a very easy plug and play fourth line player for you. But that's that's a fourth line player. Like yep. you're not. This is, he is not going to give you William Carlson.
1: You haven't missed out on a ton of upside like, by losing that guy.
0: Yeah, the, he is not going to come back to haunt you. He's going to go and he's going to do like what Will Carrier has done in Vegas. You know, but does Buffalo miss him? Sure. Is is that is that what's wrong with them?
1: Uh, <laughs> no. 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 Buffalo's got a lot of problems. But
0: yeah. But that's 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 kind of what I mean though, is that it's it's that's you know that that the, if they take Logan O'Connor, you're you're sad about it. Cause like that's a guy that you that's a scouting win for you. That was a guy that you didn't draft, but you brought in, jumped into pro hockey and has been good for you immediately, and has proven like he's ready for the NHL. Yep. So that's I want to remove the Logan O'Connor factor from this conversation immediately
1: you don't protect him if he gets taken you're okay with that yeah 100 definitely a, a non-issue there um uh, yeah the rest of the fourth line count or rather not count ba- belmar and calvert are ufas so you don't worry yeah. about them either
0: those guys are ufas that you're probably not bringing back
1: anyway um
0: they, yeah, I mean, I could totally see them bringing back Bomar in a one-year deal for a million dollars, but I'm not going to entertain that universe right now.
1: And that's likely a decision <clears> you <throat> don't make until after the expansion. Game. Oh yeah, there's
0: no, there's no reason to protect any of those guys. Um, you just let it go. So, two spots, four guys. Yep. Uh... I think, um, I think the easiest one here is Val Machushkin.
1: I mean, I'd say the opposite. I think the easiest one not to protect is JT Comfer.
0: I think the easiest one to protect is Valmichun. Right. Yeah. So oh, let's start with Nuke, because I think sure. this is a pretty quick conversation. Yeah. There's he, not have, be a deep one here. <laughs> yeah. He'll have one year, uh, $2.5 million. Uh, this says fourth liner. We you know that he's a, essentially a third liner in Colorado. Yep. Um his offense has, has been good enough. It's fine. This is a mess. I mean, for other teams, right? Like this this guy just destroys.
1: Yep. The offense ceases to exist for other hockey teams when he steps onto the ice. <laughs> like, yeah. It's actually this, is, an, out of this is incredible. Yeah. To look at this. This yes. is actually the defensive impact is just ridiculous. I,
0: and look at how much play gets driven.
1: Yep. Like,
0: that's That's almost McKinnon-esque In offensive
1: driving Yeah, I I, Every single fancy stat there is You look at Nachushkin and you go Oh, how is this dude not insane? But Yeah, he, he is
0: know, Like, he is insane
1: Yep Defensively, at very least it's It's completely absurd what this guy accomplishes
0: yeah. And so, and for a year at two and a half million dollars, did you just protect that cat? Yep. So now we're, we're, we've got six forwards. Now we're down to three guys. You got JT Confort, Jonas Donskoy, and, and Tyson, Tyson Chost. Yep. And I think JT Confort is the popular answer this year. Um, to exposed. Yes. Okay. So this is, this is Comfort. It's kind of some of the same stuff here. Doesn't, doesn't drive a lot of play, um, is, is going to be one of the worst analytics players on the abs. Yep. Defensively is very good, though, and doesn't take very many penalties. Plays on the PK, not particularly well, but plays on the PK. Um, the suppression here is good. The driving of play is bad, and we have seen he is better on the wing than at center most of this. Uh, The majority of his ice time is at center. So most of his impacts and all that are still at center. Well,
1: yeah. And then you can see,
0: you can see major here.
1: Significantly better without him.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is when he's on the ice, they just don't generate the same level of offense. Defensively. They're still suppression wise. They're still good though. Right. And, and
1: that's great. And,
0: The problem... Like, negative 26 to negative 20, it's a negligible difference.
1: Right. Still, look at the shots that the yeah up when Confer's on the ice. It's all to the perimeter. Right. (laughs)
0: Like, oh, there's more towards the center of the ice, but it's 25 feet out.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, look, not taking anything away from Confer's, still definitely an effective hockey player. The thing is, even if he was having a normal year, he's still someone the Avs would be looking at exposing.
0: Yep,
1: 100%. In part because of the $3.5 million deal he's on, in part because I think he's the most replaceable player of the bunch right now for the Avs. Yep. Uh, it's just things have lined up with guys like Alex Newhook coming to where Comfort becomes extremely replaceable.
0: Yep, and even even if you look at look like a to be honest, Comfort started the year as the third line center. Yep. He's lost that job to Tyson Jose. Yeah. Straight up. For the time for certainly for the time being, Tyson Jose has taken that job. With and if you project next year, if they lose Belmar and Tyson Jose stays, you could put Tyson Jose as your 4C or he'd probably be a little more of an appropriate fit and this is where you get Alex Newhook's feet wet as your, as your 3C. Yep.
1: I if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm much more of a fan of playing Newhook at 3C over the wing if possible, but I would agree with
0: you. It would be my preference as
1: well. But
0: Newhook presents them with a lot of a lot of opportunities so that they can fill in holes kind of where they have them, where they crop up.
1: For sure. And you don't not play him up in the lineup if he has an opportunity to do so at wing, but it, it again, it's just the flexibility there makes Confer I think somewhat expendable. Um, oh, where this conversation, I think it's interesting is, is less with Jost and more with Donskoy compared to Confer because yes, Don's is having a career year. The dude is mm-hmm. still shooting like 25% or something absurd this year. So, he's scoring at a pace that we've never seen before. And realistically, that's not that sustainable.
0: Well, and this is, this is where you look in, in his career, like as a, as an analytics type of player. Yeah. In Colorado, it has not gone that way. He has been, he has been productive, but he has not been
1: very much a, (laughs) I don't like, <laughs> there are he, things that he does well. And driving play
0: isn't really one of them. Exactly. And defensively is certainly not one yeah, of them. He's, he's
1: not, not good defensively. Defensive player in Colorado. It's not good. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and he doesn't really do, he, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's chipped in on the power play this year because he's been hot. And Colorado's always looking for that extra right-handed guy to put in front of the net. Yep. And like he's he's taken that taking that spot. So, when you dig deeper into into the Donskoy stuff, it gets it gets more interesting than just these numbers. We'll we'll show you the offense actually looks pretty good. Like the offense is it's they are generating more offense with yep. him on the ice. Okay, that's great. You know. Defensively, wow. it's still a problem.
1: Yeah, it's the question is how meaningful one is Donskoy's offensive generation and two, how sustainable is it? Right. And I do think it's pretty darn meaningful right now, but you can't expect him to keep it up. At least not at the rate that he has been scoring at. Yeah. So
0: You're not expecting him to have like he's having the career year right now. He had a career year last year in Colorado. Like At $3.9 million, you value value that he gives you that little extra scoring punch, especially because Jost and Michushkin are so hit or miss offensively. Right. Especially because, you know, your fourth line is your fourth line. So Donskoy is very valuable in that regard. Right. But as Dario says, here's this conversation. This This is as good as it could get for him
1: you can't expect them to match this year's production, but you can expect him for the rest of this contract that he's on to give you a surefire lock for 35 points a year on your third line. Plus, you know, maybe he plays up a little bit, but based on
0: injury. Yeah. You he's your fill in. He's your top six fill in.
1: Yeah. So the question is how replaceable is that role? And you could make an argument for it. Maybe a new hook can can play up in the lineup. Maybe Cout can be a consistent force for you on the third line. You know, maybe they go out and get someone else, but the the price difference right now between JT Comfer and Jonas Donskoy is k per year. And yeah. Donskoi is certainly earning it, in my opinion. Yeah. Now.
0: Yeah, I think, ideally, I'm protecting... Look, if it's me, I'm protecting Nachushkin, and I'm protecting Jost. I I am protecting the two cheaper guys.
1: Yep, I... Do want to get into this conversation? We do have to take our first period break first, though, as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, also the official seltzer of DNVR. You can grab their 15 can sampler pack today. bunch of amazing flavors in there. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. You can always head down to the DNVR bar as well to get some Breck Brew on tap. And brought to you by Draft Kings Sportsbook. They have amazing 100-to-1 odds boost on the Masters coming up. Jump on it. The tournament starts Thursday. You pick any golfer to finish in the top 10, and you get 100-to-1 odds on that bad boy. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get that amazing odds boost. Check them out today. They have a bunch of other options, odds boosts for all kinds of crazy different sports. Did check last night. Unfortunately, no bikini robot racing, but... You know, pretty close. Just about was, every other sport under the sun. It summer. was my night off. <laughs> okay. I see. I see. Anyway, yeah. Go on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Check out all their amazing odd bo- odds boosts. You can download their Sportsbook app today and use code DNVR when you sign up to get that 1 to 100 odds. It's awesome Get the DNVR code also lets them know that we sent you over there. So be sure to use it. it must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, conditions apply. See slash sports for, for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. And of course, can never let you not know about us here at DNVR. If you haven't signed up for. Yeah now's Sorry. a great time to get an annual sub because you get a free shirt you get all of our amazing content and you can even get a holistic wellness stick as well we we love our cbd products over here aj on the gummies all the time you know how okay. it goes. all the time is not accurate it's all the times that you get a migraine okay that's accurate So, there you go. Anytime you get a migraine, CBD can help you out big time. The Holistic Wellness Stick is one way to do that. You get a free one when you sign up for an annual sub. (laughs) and They'll send you 10 milligram packs of CBD as well. You can go over to holisticwellness.com to check them out. And for your first purchase, you get 30% off by using code DNVR30. All right. Let's get into this Tyson Jose conversation. Because... First of all, the obvious part is he's not even making 900K.
0: Yeah, um, that will be,
1: that will probably change. He's going to make more. The question is how much. Yeah. Um, And the finishing this year, the, the offensive impact, at least as far as production is concerned, has not, really taken a significant uptick even nope. with with the couple of points he started picking up. It's the same stuff. Yep. So that PS, P.S. these player cards from JFresh
0: Hockey are amazing. Yeah, they're great. They uh, really are. If you really if you wanted to dig into this stuff on your own, he has a five dollar Patreon that you should check out. So
1: shout out J Fresh. Uh Jost's impact clearly comes on the defensive end where he's Maybe not quite achushkin, but developing into a high-end depth defensive forward.
0: Yep. And the the driving of play that when you look at Jost versus Conver, this is what you see is the major difference is there's some actual driving of play going on. Yep. The
1: As we love to talk about, the process for Tyson Jost is always solid. <laughs> yeah. So... There's definitely good things to draw on there, at least when it comes to advanced analytics and things like that.
0: Yeah, uh, you know he he may not be able to get to Natchukin's two by two and a half, but as long as as long as the offense continues a little bit this year, and he gets into that neighborhood of scoring, he has a really he has a, he has a really strong chance. So, um, to answer DD's question here about Doncic having back-to-back career years in Colorado and saying it's not sustainable, he's shooting like thirty percent, bro. Yep, um, that's going to come down. Um, Already come down a touch. Like it's, and and he's a guy that he did the same thing last year. He he had that really really hot streak at the start of the season uh culminating with a hat trick uh, against Nashville and then did not score a goal for like 25 games.
1: Honestly, last year wasn't even really a career year. Yes, he set a career high in goals.
0: Yeah. With that's a little what I, bit
1: of a different role.
0: And like the season ending early is probably what cost him a little bit, but he also had the concussion issues and right. there were there were a was myriad there. of of issues that he had last year. This year he's just shooting out of his mind. Yeah.
1: Donskoy's career shooting percentage is 12.4.
0: And his two highest shooting seasons have been these two in Colorado. Yeah,
1: 14.4 last year and currently shooting 27.3. Yeah. So there's no universe where the shooting percentage this year is sustainable. <gasps> yeah. There's
0: it's just it's just not realistic to expect that Donskoy continues to produce like this. He will he will continue to produce at a fine pace. it's He'll, just... And he will continue to be like a valuable and solid middle six player. That's his appeal to Colorado too. There's that's, that's not the problem. It's the $3.9 million. Right. If they, if, if they're going to pay $3.9 million, they're going to get 35 ish, say 35 points.
1: Realistic expectation. From,
0: from Jonas Donskoy. If they move him, if they move him out and they, Instead bring in a Martin Cow. Uh, maybe, maybe that's where Alex Newhook fits, is the is a middle six job there. Okay. Then you're also expecting 30-ish points. You're expecting 30 to 35 points from whichever guy that is, and they're on an ELC. So they're doing it for a fourth of the price. So that's that's the entire reason that we have Don Squay in this conversation at all. If they did not have guys that were ready to jump into NHL jobs and start to produce right off the hop, protecting Donskoy would be of a higher importance. It's why we're instead saying the focus on protecting your two specialists. Njushkin and Jost. That's the, that's the higher priority. They're cheaper and they give you elite defensive metrics and, as a very good defensive team. There you go. You're muted.
1: Thank you. It's an interesting question right now, because what is more replaceable for the ads? And there's an argument that it's the elite defensive play that is harder to replace for them.
0: Yep. Because you can go out and you can find Jonas Donskoy types kind of Pretty out right, really yeah they're sort of out in the wild all the time especially this summer where there will be because of the cap crunch there will be a myriad of these middle six forwards just sort of sitting around looking for deals
1: well, look, Vlad- remember Vlad-
0: uh, took a two million dollar deal last year like <laughs> mikhail grandland and mike hoffman and eric howla and a number of other guys waited until training camp started to get deals it's just not going to be very hard to find that kind of a replacement. Yep. Like Donskoy is a good, solid player. They they just won't they won't have to work very hard if they want to replace them. Yep.
1: That's that's the reality of the NHL. Is Donskoy is is just another dude that made it into the middle of someone's lineup.
0: I EJ should be open to waving. I don't know that he officially is or is not open to waving his no movement clause, but he one hundred percent should be. And we assume we've assumed from day one of this conversation that he would be. Yep. It, it, especially if injury is involved, he's he's gonna lose. He's gonna lose too much money if he doesn't. Why would you? Why would you just throw away four million dollars?
1: There is. Almost no benefit to him not waving.
0: Yeah. They're, him waiving means, one, he gets to stay in Colorado, and two, he doesn't have to make up any of the money that he loses on his contract. Yep. And with with him essentially missing this entire year... There's no chance Seattle has any interest in him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and why, why don't you leave the UFA open if they have a handshake deal in place? Because... That's when that's when you get cute, you fuck around and you find out. That's when that's when you decide to leave Landeskog open and say, "Oh, well, we've got um, we've got a handshake agreement with him that we'll come to an, an extension after this." Seattle takes him anyway, offers him an extra year, an extra million and a half.
1: You find out how loyal he really Guess is. Guess what? So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you fucked around and found out. So instead, instead you just don't take that chance you just protect him you don't you you do everything you can to let that guy get to the open market
1: and from the avs point of view it is it would let's say seattle's interested in ej it's going to be significantly cheaper on what you'd have to give to seattle to protect ej as an exposed guy over protecting taves right now yeah. Because Seattle if, would basically tell you to screw off if Taze was available. We're taking him no matter what. Yeah,
0: because Seattle would just be like, well, Taze is exactly the kind of guy we want to build around. Yeah. He's uh, he's proven that he's a top-pairing defenseman this year in Colorado. He's signed for three more years at $4 million. What are we doing here?
1: Yep. It'd, yeah, it'd be an easy slam dunk for them to take Taze, so – you're obviously protecting Gerard. Okay, Carr so this
0: convers this conversation about injury exemption, it might it might apply to Oscar Clefbaum, but it wouldn't apply to Eric Johnson because Eric Johnson played games this yeah. year. So he th- misses he misses the first week or so of the season because he has COVID, right? Then he comes back and he plays in a handful of games not nearly it's enough the, my and then gets hurt. The injury exemption would not apply to him.
1: No, People are, I think people are mixing up the exemption with the requirements of what you have to expose because you do have to expose a defenseman that has played at least, I believe it's 40 games. It might be 60, but it's irrelevant because the abs will be exposing Ryan graves anyway. So yeah, they meet that requirement.
0: They're fine there. This injury exemption stuff. Like I'm not sure what Clough Palm's situation is. I know he's missing this season. But uh, – the and, and EJ's, EJ's injury could be career-threatening, but we won't know that until way later. The expansion draft will have long happened by the time we would find out something like that. Yep. So Eric Johnson's not going to be injury-exempt barring a serious change in what they're doing. And, and the fact that he played games this year removed that element.
1: And it's not like – if he is that seriously injured, like Seattle's going to do their research and they just won't take that guy. Like, yeah, it's a non-issue.
0: Anyway. If you want, if you want to learn about buyouts, uh, go to go to Cap Friendly. Yep. And there's a there's literally a buyout FAQ that you can look up and dig into.
1: You can use their buyout tool and figure it out. Just buy out whoever you want.
0: Yeah, you can buy out all kinds of guys. Just look at how crazy these. Uh
1: some of these buyouts would be. Yeah.
0: yeah. At some point, Brandon, the, the count and Bowers, if they're not in their plans, they have to make choice. they still have to make choices to replace those spots. Yep. And if they don't, if they don't include Cowton Bowers, then they don't include them.
1: You're going to
0: the other, if they don't include those guys, then they, then they will find guys on similar cheap contracts to do
1: the but reality of that's... future at very least maybe Bowers maybe not is we'll find out this offseason if the Avs go out and get three bottom six dudes it's gonna be tough for Cout. yeah if the Avs get one maybe two you're feeling good about Cout making the even, lineup.
0: I mean how even if they re-sign a Belmar or a Calvert it's a pretty big red flag too
1: it is all of those guys really well I, I don't disagree. Like, even signing one is super concerning for someone like Bowers, especially with the expectation that Newhook is going to make the lineup next year. Yeah. Um. But, man, on a personal note, I would be extremely disappointed if Cowell doesn't have the inside line to a lineup spot next year.
0: But... Dude, what more does he need to do? Right. Like, at least with Bowers, you can kind of pick apart some of the stuff. Yep. But... What more does the guy, what more does Cout specifically need to do? It's ridiculous. Yep. There's not a rush to get Bowers to the NHL. It's just that first round picks don't take four years to get to the NHL.
1: Especially first round picks that proved last year they were ready for the job. (laughs) But yeah,
0: I mean, everybody wants to look at Shane Bowers' points as evidence that he's not ready or whatever, that he can't use more AHL time. And it's just a—it's an idiotic way to gauge Shane, Shane Bowers' game because it's just never been.
1: If you're judging Shane Bowers' NHL readiness on points, then you have to agree that the Avs should have never called up Ryan Graves because his AHL production was not good.
0: Well, and his AHL—his AHL play was not good. Agreed. Which was which was the thing that didn't didn't make any sense. Ryan Graves' entire success never made sense. Yep. It just like it just came out of nowhere. It worked really well. And now and now it's more of a struggle, but he's even then he's still the guy's still doing his thing.
1: Yep. Agreed. I, yeah, it's I don't know. And now the ads are doing things like calling up and giving opportunity to guys like Liam O'Brien who don't have any track record of AHL production. And yeah, sure, there's a face-punching side to things. Yeah,
0: like, we get into Liam O'Briens or you get into, like, Sheldon drives, where it's like he hasn't even been that good in the AHL. Yep. He had the one great playoff run when he was in Texas and he's never really replicated that success.
1: Yep. It's people and I see this argument in chat but people are talking about them having time but this at a certain point you are you're de- going to get what you develop martin Cout has played professional hockey since the age of 17 he yeah. knows what he's doing he's shown the ability to play at the nhl level If you want to get an NHL player out of guys, guess what? You have to play them in the NHL at some point. Yeah. If you want an AHL player, leave them in the AHL forever. And that's how you get a TJ Tynan. They'll be great AHL players, but if you're never in the NHL, you're never going to learn how to play at the NHL level.
0: Yep. It's It's, the world. The world does not... Like, there are guys that come up. I mean, Devon Taves is a great example. He played, like, five years in the AHL. Yep. But the but, long-form developers are not the norm. Like, Devon Taves is a story because of that. Yep. You also you also see those guys, and this is the thing we haven't talked about with Taves because nobody wants to talk about it, because why Why would you while It's still going great right now. But guys like that usually also have really short careers.
1: Yeah, the, like you they remember the, the league in their prime and that's that. Like
0: you remember PA Parento? Like yep. He was he had a long AHL career, was really success, successful, got into the NHL, had a couple of really good years in top sixes in New York and Colorado and was basically done in the league by 31.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry but at least like, in Coutts' place, you don't draft first-round guys with a "oh, he'll, he's four years out" mantra. Like, yeah, you
0: don't you don't draft a lower-ceiling player out of Europe and drop him in the AHL right away, and say, "Okay, well, we'll see this guy in four years." Yeah, that's not what you do. It's just it's like it's just not how teams operate.
1: It doesn't make sense to operate that way.
0: But, like,
1: it, like part of the appeal of Martin Coutts,
0: on draft day was he'll get to the league quicker. Like he may not, he may not have the highest ceiling, but he'll get to the league. He'll get to the league quicker and he'll be a good, you know, he'll be a good middle six option for you. I mean, the the crazy part is, is we aren't even talking about Martin Kaut, like taking Andre Burkowski's job or something. We are talking strictly about Martin Kaut as a guy to come in and play on the wing on your third line, mostly. And produce 30 points. This isn't like banging down the door here of expectations. And if they get more than that, we'll be thrilled. The abs right. will be thrilled. Cal will be thrilled. He's such an awesome dude that everybody is going to love that situation. And that's- But until something like that actually happens, like it's just... Well, and that's what we've talked about before. There are low he's, expectations that we have here, and they're not even giving him a shot at.
1: Those. I feel like there's this mistake of perception that the Avs don't want Kout to play a role on their fourth line because he's not what he, it's meant for him in the NHL, and I, that that whole concept is nonsense to me because Kout would be just fine on a fourth line.
0: Yeah, Cout. Part of the appeal of Martin Cout as a player is that his skill set is so versatile and he's such a smart player. He will adapt to his surroundings. That's the appeal of him as a middle six guy. A guy that jumps up and he hey, he could play he can play on your second line. He might be your sixth best forward in your top six, but he won't be an anchor. He wouldn't actively hold that thing back. Yep. You know. And then You know, if you want him on the fourth line, he can do that. He can grit. He can grind. He
1: can he can dump pucks in and go chase people. I, I think the most damning evidence of it is that he he's already done it. He did it for nine he, games last year. He scored three
0: points. He was basically their highest scoring call-up last year.
1: He was. Full stop. It's... <laughs>
0: In their oh. nine, like everybody loves Logan O'Connor and Logan O'Connor had what one point last year, two points I think last year, two points last. Yeah, year. And he had yeah. two goals last year. And Martin Kelly had three points in nine games. Logan O'Connor had like two goals in seventeen. Yep. And everybody loves O'Connor. Like
1: rightfully so. Like I, he's, he's there's no O'Connor is an thing. NHLer for sure. I'm not trying to deny that at all. It, but you look at the Avs lineup and you have to question every single night of, are they icing the best roster they could be without Martin Kaut in it? Yep. And that's, that's reality. And I
0: think the answer, the answer continues to be no, they have no contractual reason. And look, if they just, if this is them wanting to rotate guys in and out, they want to get a look at them fine. But at some point, Martin Kaut, Martin Kout's one game was six minutes of ice time is not going to be him getting a look. Yeah.
1: There's no... No, they're not saving count for the playoffs. No coach in history is going to play a dude in the playoffs that he wasn't willing to play in the regular season. Yeah. Unless he absolutely has to. Um, anyway... We can take our second period of break there. (laughs) we,
0: We just need to change our podcast
1: to free Martin count. There you go. You're listening to the freak out podcast brought to you by green mountain dental group, the best damn family dentist in the Denver metro area. You can check them out 15 minutes from downtown Denver over in Lakewood. They do amazing work. We've had a bunch of people switch over to them and say, it's one of the best dental experiences they've ever had. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So get on it today and get those teeth checked out. Also brought to you by Hassle Cattle Company, we got damn good dentists, damn good beer, And now we got Damn Good Beef as well. They're hooking you up with all sorts of amazing meats, but most well-known for their blue-collar Wagyu, the Wagyu for every man and woman in the United States. You can get 10% off when you use discount code DNVR10 at checkout. They have a bunch of amazing stuff. Go look at all their meats. There's enough good stuff for everyone there. And if you spend over $200, you get free shipping as well. So you can just load up, get your meat for the month, just put that stuff in the freezer and you'll be good to go. Finally, we are also brought to you by Zoom Care. We know you don't like going to the doctor, so don't go to the doctor. Just do it from home. It's that easy. You can use Zoom Care to take your annual doctor visit or any other doctor visit that you don't feel comfortable going in for, and they will be able to talk to you, get your symptoms, and diagnose you. You don't have to wait for an appointment. You don't have to sit in the doctor's office. You just schedule it. You show up on your laptop, on your tablet, on your computer, however you want to do it from ZoomCare.com, and you get it done. It's that easy. ZoomCare, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Head on over there. Be sure to let them know DNVR sent you. Super easy. Best way to go to the doctor third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings kings sportsbook rudo and aj coming at you are we done are we done ranting about this do we want to do we want to talk about actual draft a little bit i
0: don't know how we keep ending up back on this topic we have like our show topics are whatever they are and then somehow it
1: circles back yeah. around too the chat always gets into the count conversation, and then here we go again. This yeah. is, is kind of what happens. But uh, I can just picture that one dude on Reddit who's just like, oh, God, here we go. But what about his expansion draft eligibility, AJ? Uh, I sent Kale a picture for that. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, I don't know if we have it or not, but... In the meantime... I think I even titled it LOL. <laughs> good good work. I'm I proud tell, of you. I tell you. <laughs> what, uh... What... Yeah, do we... Have we talked about the draft lottery changes on the show? I don't think so. So, oh yeah, there we go. Perfect. I love how they don't even have a picture of his face, but they know that he's exempt from the NHL. Yes, That's <laughs> my... Uh,
0: P.S. That's on my my profile header on Twitter.
1: <laughs>
0: so anytime anybody clicks on my profile, that's what they see.
1: That right next to the name AJ Shamefully.
0: That's, that's right. It's
1: a piece of artwork right there. Uh, so the NHL is changing their draft lottery this year. It's a two phase thing. So this year, the only change is they're dropping the number of teams in the lottery from three to two. Lame. I, I think they should just remove the lottery entirely, but I know I'm in the minority there, so it's fine. Um, lottery rocks next year, the following, not the 2021 draft, but the 2022 draft, they're reintroducing the 10 spot rule. Lame, which you can only go up 10 spots. So if the, you know, Sixteenth team that just missed the playoffs wins the lottery. They'll draft sixth.
0: Yeah, remember uh, uh, one of my favorite fun facts is, you know, we we talk all about how Jersey won the expansion or won the lotteries to get Jack Hughes and Nico Heisher, but they also won the Landeskog draft lottery. Yep, and that's how they ended up fourth in that in that uh, to pick Adam Larson. So, I think the Lotto was fun, but I the, I think these changes are stupid and they suck. I definitely think the Lotto needed changing though. I well, yeah. I would have I would have changed I would have restricted it. I would have restricted it to the to the bottom 7 teams. Yep. And then I would have left it at three spots and let them all move wherever they're going to move. I think that because that way that way it, there's an element of fun to it. Um but you know, now that now that poor Widow Dutoy got screwed in the draft lottery last year, we have to make the changes. <laughs> it happens twice to Colorado. And nobody gives a shit about it, but it happens once to, to the Red Wings, and Steve Iserman freaks out and is
1: like, unacceptable! The Evs did win the McKinnon lottery to move up a whopping one spot.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a solid chance they end up with Nathan McKinnon even if they don't win that lottery.
1: Yep. So, it, yeah, I, I we've talked about it on the show before. I'm a fan of no lottery at all, and fine with tanking. AJ wants the golden rule system, or whatever it's called. Oh, the
0: gold plan, where yeah. eliminated teams uh, accrue points, and then yep. whoever accrues the most points—that's how the, because that way you you don't need a draft lot, you don't need a lotto system, and you incentivize teams to continue to win throughout the season. The gold plan is the perfect plan in my opinion. It it it's all about winning and it doesn't involve teams rooting against their own team. It doesn't involve that weird fan thing where you're like it's the 82nd game of the season. If they win a game, they drop 3 spots in the lotto, you know. I'm rooting for them to lose. You should never you should never be in a spot to root for your
1: franchise to lose it's just it's just so weird eh, i'm okay with it uh yeah like obviously in hindsight getting kale McCarr is yeah is pretty it's fine, like it's but... fine
0: but like they lost they lost the lottery like they did but and the fact that they they made the best of the of of that situation great they did but, it they, they did it with byron too but i'm like, telling you there's an alternate universe where jack hughes is an av and Nazem Kadri isn't, and we don't know what happens with Tyson Berry at that point, but they have an absolutely crazy-pants electric lineup because Jack Hughes is 2C.
1: Yeah, And, like, you have to think remove hindsight and think back to when the avs lost that lottery after the 1617 season. I mean, that's the lowest point in franchise history yeah. by a lot.
0: You have a 48 point season and you drop from first to fourth in the in the draft order. It was such a dick punch to the entire fan base.
1: Yep. Straight up. Uh well, the avs won't have to worry about any lottery things anytime soon by the looks of it. Uh, well, not this year. We'll see about Cer- next year. certainly not this year. That's fair. Um, look, wh- what draft strategy can we even really talk about for the Avs as well, it stands? Because they have their first round pick, but y- the expectation is that's going to come relatively, if not extremely, late in the first round.
0: So, first, first, first thing that I'll start here: should they keep it?
1: Uh, I would say yes, only because they don't have a second for the next two years. But, I mean, in this draft in particular. I I know the, the super weak draft class, the complete well, and, nonsense of scouting this year. Right,
0: like that you're throwing a dart at a kid that. The majority of your information is coming on him is two years old.
1: So I that's fair. I guess I should say what is the return here? Are you moving a first for a small piece and getting like a second rounder back next year or something? I'm
0: I'm what I'm doing is I'm moving a first I'm moving a first for a player
1: after the expansion draft has happened. I see. So like
0: like, like, someone that
1: can be if, on your roster for the foreseeable future. Look, if, if
0: Seattle, if we know Seattle is going to load up on defensemen and then trade those guys back to, they're going to filter those guys out. If there's one that Colorado really, really likes, maybe just grab one of the guys that Seattle takes in expansion and trade trade a super late first round pick for one of those defensemen.
1: My, my problem there is that we've seen it happen to a bunch of teams where the cupboards get empty really, really quick. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and the ads are in danger of that because of the seconds, right? You know, they had no second last year. They've got no seconds for the next two years. Um, New hook and sample Ranta and powers and Cout and, and, all of these guys are already in pro hockey. They're already in the AHL now. Yep. Um, Justin Barron is AHL eligible next year. And so if he jumps to the AHL, then Connor, you know, Connor Timmins is already in the AHL. Then at that point, you're, you're looking at your cupboard and of, of prospects and you're saying, who are the guys we're excited about who are not in pro hockey already? Right. It's like Drew Hellison and Jean-Luc Foody. And
1: Jean-Luc Foody is kind of in pro hockey right now.
0: <laughs> and... Yeah, but he won't be next year. Though, I know, is, is I know. Time. Well, and,
1: honestly, I think there's a conversation about exemptions there, but that's a different topic entirely. Um
0: yeah, well, and then and then it's like what then?
1: Right. What's next? Because the reality of the future of the avalanche is after McKinnon signs. The mega his, deal his huge deal whatever it ends up being is the abs are going to try have to try and keep their window open with elc type contracts yeah and if you're giving away first round picks that gets harder and harder to do now sure
0: and, look, but i'm I, this is for the record it is only this year that i am advocating this and it is only because I think there's there's the draft. Exactly. There's a better chance you screw this pick up. And then you don't end up, but you end up less excited about whoever they take in the first round. than you are about Colby Ambrosio right now.
1: Well, I was already hyped on Colby Ambrosio. Right.
0: But you're, (laughs) but two years from now, where are we going to be? Hopefully really excited. Yeah, that's hopefully, hopefully having the Johnny Gaudreau conversation about him. But until that point, like, I totally understand the idea of if you if you move this first, you're essentially punting on this year's draft. They're pretty close to it anyway.
1: But they, th- they already don't have a second, fourth, or sixth. So. Right.
0: So they're already close. And at this point, like, wouldn't you rather just move it for, if, if it's not going to be a summer deal, move it for Kyle Palmieri. Like, no, bolster, bolster I would move
1: it for Kyle Pompey.
0: Then Matthias Eckholm, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, move no, it for, I, I hear for the right feel, I would do it. Sure. Move it for a guy that helps you, that like significantly helps you
1: win the cup this year. That's Those are the right words. I, the stance I've always taken as far as a deadline deal is, is if you move your first round pick, you better win.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge gamble, and normally I am really not down with it. I, I don't love. I'm, I'm too draft oriented. I'm too. Picks are valuable. You've got to do what you've got to do, but move, moving that first round pick. See the goalie thing. No.
1: <laughs> like I don't I'm, need to spend a first on a goalie. Right. That's
0: now. that's the thing. Like if you want to spend a first on a goalie over the summer. Even then, and watch watch Grubauer walk. That's a conversation I am open to entertaining.
1: I, the AVS have found ways to get quality goaltending by not giving up firsts. They got Grubauer for a second. They had yeah. to take on some cap too, but
0: yeah. Well, and they won't. That's why they won't be able to repeat that trick. You're not wrong. Um, uh, but it it I'm just I'm just saying like I'm I don't even want them to use a first this year. Because I don't I, I don't want anything to do with this draft class. I just you're throwing as blind a dart as you ever have, and it's already really hard to project seventeen and eighteen year old kids into twenty three year olds. Yeah. I you know, and maybe maybe the play as Chad has mentioned, maybe the play is just send them the first round pick so that they take Eric Johnson. And then use that $6 million in free agency.
1: Keep sod or whoever, yeah. Yeah,
0: keep sod or, you know, do whatever they're going to do, right? Um, just as long as they spend that money and they, make it, they use it on a legit upgrade. Like, maybe that's the play. Your first round pick is essentially moved for cap space. Okay, well, as long as you use that cap space well, and this is a front office that I absolutely trust to do that, then I think you know,
1: fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm I never comfortable with the idea of entirely punting on a draft.
0: I'm. It's only this year. This is the only time I've mean, I ever I can't, felt that way in my whole I, life.
1: I can't even bring myself to want to do it this year. It, it, I know there's a lot of RNG factors there, but. Even yeah, then. I'm
0: fine. Keep, because they've done so well in the third round, keep your third round pick and try and roll a 20.
1: <laughs> All right. I don't know about that being enough, but I I will agree with you. Look, if a deal that makes you a significantly better team comes into your lap, you have to, at very least, seriously consider it. You can't just walk away from that because of the reality of... In a normal draft year, especially, especially because realistically we're talking about the Avs very likely picking 25 or later, almost no matter what. Yeah. Well, and if the season were to finish today,
0: they would be no later than 20, 27. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, no earlier than 27. They would have. It would be the 27th pick or lower, depending on how things went.
1: So, look, if you're... Actually, no, it'd be 28, right? Because Seattle's coming in. Yeah, I was accounting for that. The bottom four picks being the final four, so... 29, 30, 31, 32.
0: 28. Okay. Yeah, you're right. 28.
1: (laughs) Live math on stream with DNVR. (laughs) Why I'm a writer, part (laughs) 4,000. In any case, yeah. It's there. The next couple of years of first-round picks are going to be the lowest-value first-round picks the EVs have had in a long, long. Yeah,
0: long I mean, course. I'm not even. I, man, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into that because there's no guarantee of anything that happens to future success. You, every everybody, I always use Tampa as the great example here. In the middle of all of Tampa's dominance over the last decade, they randomly missed the postseason. And that's how they end up with Cal Foot. You know, like it just, those things happen. San Jose, remember San Jose had a, a run of absolute dominance and excellence, randomly falls out of the playoffs one year and gets Timo Meyer. And so those things happen. Like, I'm not. So don't right. trade future first. I'm,
1: I'm not saying trade your 2022 first, but I'm saying every season maybe it does become an expendable piece at the deadline if things go the way people think they're going to go.
0: I think if... Just reacting to Sergeant Pickles here. uh, I think if Seattle was offered a first-round pick to take Eric Johnson on, it would be no problem. Especially if there's no guarantee that EJ would be able to play. and they could
1: could 100% be LTIR'd
0: even. yeah, Yeah, they could if they LTIR that. Otherwise... That contract is not that onerous. Two years at $6 million after this year is not that big of a deal. If you're Especially in- when you're a franchise, an expansion franchise, that has all the room in the yeah. world to build. You take that free first-round pick
1: immediately. If you're insanely cap-strapped after the first year, you buy them out, and it's just $2 million for the next two years. Like,
0: yep. It's just too... It, it it's too easy for a franchise with wiggle room to to find a way to make it work. Yep. I and can. nobody has more wiggle room than a team that has an empty cap sheet.
1: Yeah. You right. would be extremely hard pressed to put Seattle anywhere near the cap in their first season. It would take some doing, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I remember, you know, when we when we did ours, we hit the cap with 30 NHL players. Yeah. Seven of those dudes won't be on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's where you build up all future picks. All mm-hmm. the future, the, the cash of picks is coming. like Yep. Seattle is going to be drowning in, and I, I, I did not think it was going to happen the same way as, as it was with Vegas, but because of the flat cap. Mm -hmm. Everybody is desperate to get money off their books and Seattle can just bathe in a bukkake of picks.
1: (laughs) Oh, I wish there was a Manscaped read today. (laughs) I'm glad there's not. All right. 90s too busy looking great. Facts. Facts. No argument against that conversation. Uh, are are we good? have we have we shouted out our our draft plan? All right on that note, I guess I mean, look, the draft is very much something on the back burner for the ads right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just they have a they have a goal in front of them before both of these drafts that uh, is significantly more important. And if they do that, uh, you know, nobody's gonna care what happens in expansion and, and the entry draft. So you know, other things on their mind. I tell you, I'm really bummed. Um, we're
0: gonna miss tonight's Eagles games, none of the new guys.
1: Not even New Hook is so sad.
0: I know. Like But they've got what six I think they're on a the tonight is the start of a six game homestand. stand- mm-hmm. So by the end of that, all those guys should be around.
1: I hope so. I'd like if New Hook's not here by the weekend, I'll be sad.
0: Um, if Ranta's not here by the I'm weekend, saying. I'll be I'll be sad. The those quarantines are not supposed to be that long yep. for these guys. But different rules and depending on how they got here and
1: whatever I don't know. Yep, that pretty much sums it up. I will say it's a great time once all these guys get here to watch the Eagles. No, this is, oof, the most. You see you, no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there'll be a new vid shortly for the trade deadline. Be sure to like and subscribe to this video. If you're subscribed with the bell notification, you'll know when we post that vid, which should be within the hour here after we're done on the pod. Um, Anyway, thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of y'all and game tomorrow night. So I suppose we will talk to you on the podcast then.